0: Brandon, can't hear you. It's me. I'm here. Oh, now I can hear you. Hi.
1: Hello. Let me get my audacity. Oh. What's wrong? I I deleted one audacity that looked like an old one, but I guess <laughs> it was, I guess it was a, a lot more important than I thought it was. Hold on, Oops. hold on a second. Let me just. Son of a heck.
0: Many podcasts in the world as people in it. This is episode 182 of the Insert Credit Show, a relentless video game podcast where each week, my panel of video game experts must adequately address 10 topics for no more than six minutes each, or be reprimanded by the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and something I have way too many of is empty soda cans in my room.
2: Okay. My name is Frank Cifaldi, and something that I have way too many of are vintage video game magazines, which is why we're (laughs) blowing them out right now. Uh, Just go to gamehistory.org, check out the store, and we're selling them blind box style. It's great. It's fun. get get one uh, new old magazine a month. Kids love it. Adults love it. I love it. An astounding offer.
1: Winter storms have left us overstock. Uh <laughs> I'm Brandon Sheffield and just something I have too many of well I have too many of a lot of things I'm afraid. Um, I, I did inherit a bit of the brain disease of hoarding from my father. So I would say that I have too many video games too many VHS tapes. Um, I'm going on too many discs, probably definitely too many records uh, too many cassette tapes. Too much media. Let's just say that. I've probably got too many mangas. yeah, I got too much media. That's 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 my situation. You don't want to come to my house. Actually, you probably do.
2: For Christmas, I'm going to get Brandon the internet. <laughs> no, I'm not interested in that.
0: Well, joining us this week is Canadian game developer, podcaster, and
3: writer for Fanbyte, Merit K. I can't believe you've outed me as Canadian. This <laughs> treachery, betrayal. Everyone knows it.
0: Look, everyone would know at the moment you said outed. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs>
3: I worked so hard to like, train that out of my,
2: my speech nope, pattern. that was just there again. It Sorry. Again. Oh, God. Yeah.
3: It's, now it's slipping. Uh, I have got too many puppies uh, with guns in their hands. Uh, too many puppies in foreign lands. Little <laughs> little primus-based humor for you sure. on this Thursday afternoon. Merit,
1: can I tell you? I saw I saw Primus live with Slayer. What? Um Well, I guess it was a couple months before the pandemic. It must have been around then. One of the last shows I saw. Wow. And uh, there were a lot of people there that were just there to see Slayer or just there to see Ministry because Ministry was also playing.
3: Oh, oh my God!
1: And then there were Primus fans there. There was a woman like way back in the in the nosebleeds with us who started going, "Primus sucks, Primus sucks," <coughs> and there were there were people around us that were like. That's so rude. Why is she saying that? <laughs> Shut up! Quiet down over there. And they didn't realize because they were not Primus fans that uh that is what Primus fans chant mm. to Primus. It is like the sanctioned chant of "I'm a Primus fan." <laughs> so I thought that was a, a very
0: amusing time. The end. I've only seen the Primus cover band Secundus. Oh my god! Thank you.
3: Well, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll... I'm
0: out. Well. <laughs> Usually, our show is structured so that each episode has a winner that I designate at the end, and that winner gets to introduce a topic in the next episode. But last time, all three of our panelists lost, so they each had to write questions for the next episode of the show as punishment. Brandon and Frank will have until the second half of the show to think of theirs, because I'm sure they forgot. I did. Hey. Guess what? I had one. uh, Well, maybe you can ask yours right after this then. But our first question comes from last week's guest panelists. Ash Parrish. Uh, Ash says, Congress is going to push a button to destroy all video games. You are brought that's in true. to testify to Congress that they should not push the button. What is the worst game you could bring up that's not likely grossly racist or sexist or any of the ists that would make Congress push the button anyway? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm imagining it's a react like they have the button. You yeah. know what I mean? Like right. you're talking to it's someone who bad. has the button. Overhead. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, Ugh. the real challenge here is not overtly racist and sexist because, Right. <laughs> because I was like six days in Fallujah. Oh wait, can we get the Call of Duties in here? Like they love those.
0: Yeah, that would get Congress to keep video. We're trying though. to come
3: up with something that we like, but then they would be like, "Oh no, that's bad. We don't have to like
2: it." Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if we like it, right? It just has to be something that would make Congress push the button. Okay, um, and in my fantasy it's reflexively it's not my first thought is hyperdimension neptunia
1: yeah i was That's thinking good. somewhere along those lines where it's like it's all this anime stuff mm. and hyperdimension neptunia is a good one because that starts out with like all of these girls that are video game consoles getting well, oh but it is overtly misogynist they're getting tentacle yeah. assaulted right at the beginning of it but i guess technically they're
3: machines is what some people might say and well, so uh yeah. i don't love that but um no <laughs> But uh, I would I feel like if you showed Congress Viva Pinata, they would just be like, (laughs) how is this what the youth are spending their time and money on? Like, this is a a plague. Like in that game, you make two pinata worms fuck and then make the baby fuck and then feed the pinata worms to a different pinata. And uh, it's grotesque. It's horrifying. And honestly, I think we should. Just, just to get rid of Fiva Pinata, I think it's acceptable collateral damage to not have any Call of Duties anymore. Right. But don't you
1: think that requires a little too much explanation for them? Like, would they figure out that that's really what's happening?
0: Yeah, they'd have to play it for too
3: long. I mean, you beat a worm over the head with a shovel until it dies. That's true. In the first five minutes of that game. So, but I feel like people in Congress would love doing that sort
2: of thing. Well, and, and
3: I, well I don't know. Getting I think a small it,
1: animal until it dies seems like their, their whole deal. Well, wow. here's the
2: thing, though. I, th- I think that what would work is, like, making them shamefully horny, I think, would do it. Mm. Um, and I kind of think people in Congress would get off on beating a worm to death. So it <laughs> might work. Wow. There's a lot of
3: slander of our elected officials <laughs> yeah. in this podcast. I don't yeah. know.
0: This is sounding pretty un-American here.
3: Uh, yeah. Our hardworking members of Congress, you know, you're implying that they have weird, like, worm things going, going on more murder fetish yes. worm beatings worm murder fetish
1: yeah i feel like one thing that could possibly get them really up in arms is anything that has overt loot box stuff where it's very clear that it's like gambling and will take money and that your child could easily spend your money without you oh, knowing yeah. about it yeah
3: just show them genshin
1: yeah maybe just like, genshin look at
3: genshin impact it's it's a deep action role-playing game that is inspired by masterpiece breath of the wild also you can spend thousands of dollars on it trying to get the guy that you want to play as who has wind powers or something right and you can
1: get horny for like a 12 year old that is a thousand years old right don't they have
3: that in there i assume they have it in there i mean law of averages they do but
2: i wonder if you could just show them like kids having fun with fortnite and then you Mm. know they might just react by hating young people yeah that's
1: true that's good yeah, they don't want to see joy. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you could actually just no, go. that you say battletoads?
3: Battletoads. Yeah, because yeah, like make them play the or uh, like oh, they they just force just... them <laughs> to play that uh, sewer level. It's, yeah, that would do it. Because like the first stage of Battletoads, it's like oh this is fun. It's like a cool em up game. It's like cool and it's like a cartoon that's fun. And then the second stage is is not great, but it's like okay, I can kind of figure it out. And then they get to the turbo tunnel and are just like, who makes this? Yeah,
1: rare. What, like what if you told them they had to beat the game? before they made their decision
2: <laughs> this and, hearing is strange <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like Rompa.
1: um uh, oh Rompa
2: would make them want to
0: destroy video games
1: it might it might i think battletoads is a pretty good answer though. i
0: also think it's the most narratively satisfying if battletoads is the game that destroys video games
2: mm.
1: yeah i mean i've wanted to destroy my controller because of
0: Battletoads. Right. And they got that button right on that desk as we established.
1: Yeah. yeah. They might destroy it accidentally by throwing their controller.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they might hit that button. All right. That's the answer. Battletoads. Point to our guests. Here's our next question. What are the most egregious cases of falling upwards through the video game industry? <laughs> oh,
2: God.
0: Are, we,
3: are we talking about GameStop right now?
0: <laughs> we
1: might I was be. Just
3: gonna, I was just thinking of a time when I played the first Assassin's Creed game where... My character literally just like lost gravity and just started floating upwards into the sky and there's nothing I could do. And I just like the world got further and further away. And I was like, wow, this is getting really conceptual I love for it. a triple A <laughs> video game. <laughs> and uh, I think I just had to had to press the, the reset button on my Xbox um, because whatever has Alistair? No. It's been a lot I've only played the first Assassin's Creed. What's his name? Jim. Esther Altair. Astora. The main man, the guy, you know. Timothy. kimothy yeah, um, i don't remember what his name is he gets sucked into the sky and yeah. i had to restart because he was gone forever and then
0: he went on to make gravity rush <laughs>
3: right. he was inspired to make gravity rush <laughs> by <laughs> his experience being right. sucked into the sky
0: uh yeah but i'm talking more about failing upwards failing yeah. upwards so okay. that
1: there's that Game Sp- GameStop guy oh man i almost did the wrong one again that, when stopped. is one of those going to close down so that I don't have to have <laughs> this problem? Anymore?
2: Any day now. <laughs> Any day
1: now. It could be either one. It's a race. Um, anywho, that GameStop. Dang it. GameStop guy.
2: <laughs> no, GameStop. Yeah. No, GameStop. GameStop. You mean the
3: CEO of GameStop, right? Yeah, yeah. Did I, they oh, like had to pay a lot of money to make him quit or whatever?
1: Well, I think it was more that he realized it was a great time to get out because he would get all this money because all of the nerds had raised the stock because it was a fun meme. And he's like, well, time to cash out and get $179 million for uh, actually making their financials worse and making the company overall less healthy. So uh, it's a good failing up. I could think of another one. This is a specific person. I don't know if we want to do that, but uh, Kudo Tsunoda, if you remember him. Ooh, yeah, that's a classic. He worked on a bunch of really failed games like Reign of Fire, and then he wound up being in charge of Microsoft Connect avatar thing he's the one who was like you ever wonder what the bottom of the avatar's foot looks like and then he (laughs) and then on screen this was at e3 on screen
3: oh god uh, yeah he like
1: turns around but the avatar couldn't fit like the connect couldn't figure it out and his avatar just like twisted in half and did this bizarre movement it was it was fantastic
0: i see the last game he worked on was connect star wars i love it yeah
1: um so i guess he's not filling up anymore. (laughs)
2: <laughs> he was for a
1: while. I think he's still like an executive over there. So, well, gonna, most I look video that game executives
2: just continuously fail up. I mean, what like about most Phil executives, Harrison? right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, Phil Harrison. He's now in. in uh, he's still at Stadia.
2: Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't figured out his uh, GameStop exit moment yet, but he's getting there. Yeah, well, he's got to. He'd better. There's no way that guy's like oh, I believe in this. <laughs> I'm gonna say Reggie. I think it's Reggie. Oh, Why is that? really?
3: Listen, Reggie shows up and he's like, my name is Reggie. They hired me because I'm really big and tall and I'm going to threaten people um, with my strength and anger. I'm here to kick ass and take names. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah um,
2: we're kick ass and take names and we're about games or and something. We're, and
3: I'm about games. My name yeah. is Reggie and I'm here to say that I love Mario <laughs> in a, major, in a way. major way. And then he, Reggie personally makes that Metroid game. Uh, Federation force like he made that and a lot of people know <laughs> that but, like he right. made that one and Nintendo was like that's great we love it um and he's like all right peace I'm going back to make pizza or whatever then he was at games the top after that
2: mm-hmm. uh he's just a board member just a board member. yeah but did he really like
0: fail at Nintendo I feel like he did exactly
2: what he was no, supposed he to do certainly in certainly
0: Nintendo.
3: Did he not. personally made Federation force yeah I guess that's a problem that was something that he did he coded that himself for a game jam in a weekend <laughs>
2: So, I mean, everyone remembers the, like, I'm about taking names, I'm about games, whatever speech, but everyone forgets when he introduced the DS, uh, he talked about his Blackberry and said it was more like Crackberry.
3: (laughs) I think there's a really interesting history of Reggie to be done because he was introduced to the public at Nintendo as like this real tough guy, but he sort of slowly became more of like a father figure as time went Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. They really softened his image in this kind of interesting way. And now, what happened to Doug Bowser? I feel like every, he came out and we were like, wow, that's really funny that he's, his name is Doug Bowser. But then like, he's like, we never see him, you know? Yeah, he's, because... never, he's
1: never cosplaying
2: himself, which is what no. I keep wanting to see. Really? I feel like every time they do a direct, he's in it and they do a Bowser joke. Maybe, oh, really? Maybe, Turns I out like I just literally true.
3: never watched Nintendo yeah.
1: Direct. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I think the arc of Reggie might be intentional there. That like Reggie is yeah. our dad who eventually comes to care for us. And that was sort of the storyline of Reggie at Nintendo.
1: Doug Bowser personally
3: made that Super Mario 35 thing. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, He no, made well, at that, least he didn't make it, of them. but he, he made them stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah, like, he this is too Mario. good. We can only have this for two months. Uh, and we're taking it away. He's He, he took all the Marios away. That was right, Doug Bowser. That's, that's all
2: 35 of them.
3: All thirty-five, plus the three in that other game, thirty-eight in total. Okay, Brandon, you had a topic uh
0: for us. I what did one. you bring to the class?
3: What I got for everybody, uh
1: is, this is a story about my summer vacation. We went no. I was playing Crusader of Senti recently. I mentioned this oh. a little while ago. And um Crusader of Senti is a delightful video game where there are all these kinds of cute little thingies. That you can do that are not really relate. They're like part of gameplay, but they they don't do anything. Like when you can look through a fence and scare off a couple that's holding hands because they realize they're noticed. Um, there's just a lot of cute little stuff that you can do, and it plays well, and it doesn't wear out its welcome. And it's uh, the some of the text is pretty cute. Uh, but this is a game that for many, many years, I was convinced that I was not interested in, because I had watched tool-assisted speedruns of it, which ignored everything that's cute about it. I had seen, I had listened to the music outside of the context of the game and didn't find it that spectacular. But once I played it, I was like, this game's great. Why did I never play this game? So I'm wondering if anybody else has games that they specifically did not like until they played it and then they
3: liked it a lot.
2: Hmm.
3: Oh, I I have... I have a big one for this. but Frank, if you want to go first,
2: no, I, I don't. I, what I was going to say is, I can't. I can't think of a scenario where I'm like, <laughs> I think I'll play this game that I know I don't like. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened to me. Unfortunately. I have that exact that exact thing happened to me this year, pretty
3: recently, actually. For a long time, I despised Soulsborne games. Hmm. Um, I had watched people play some of them. I had tried bloodborne and dark souls 3 and just completely bounced off them you know i had read a few essays from people who had played through all of them and basically there there was this essay that was going around by someone who was like a big dark souls fan who was like dark souls is the worst game ever made um because like yeah it teaches you but all it teaches you is how to play dark souls like that's not like a triumph or like an achievement right it's like it teaches you to like obsess over these little details that are meaningless in the wider world and I was like, yeah, no, like, yeah. Why would I want to put like a hundred hours into like beating this sadistic game? And then um, my coworkers um, at Fanbite, actually Ash Parish, was on this episode of our RPG podcast, Ninety Nine Potions, where they were talking nice. about Bloodborne. I listened to that and was like, I'm gonna give these another shot. And uh, I started playing the first Dark Souls back in January or December. The remake or the? Uh, well, I started with Prepare to Die edition, so that was the original one it was like the original pc release i think okay. but not remastered and i was like oh shit i totally totally get it <laughs> like and uh, since then i have streamed through all of the first two games and i'm a few hours into three at this point and i intend to play bloodborne and i intend to play Sekiro, and i just did a total 180 and i had to admit on twitter like hey i have talked a lot of shit about these games based on like what i my perception of them was and i was like 100% wrong
0: Uh, I also have an answer for this. Uh, The Batman Arkham games, when Arkham Ah. Asylum came out, I thought it was just kind of a crappy Batman-branded Bioshock, and uh, it just turned out to be a lot cooler than that. It was a series of games that really invested you into being Batman in Batman's world. There was a lot more care and detail put into it than I gave it credit for. And even if it's not great, like... As a video game, as like a Batman simulator, it does what it's supposed to do.
1: I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to uh, get over myself to the degree that I could enjoy a Soulsborne game. I, I think it may that it, it may require additional years of therapy.
3: Um, <laughs> I think the trick is to play them with other people because I started Dark Souls on my own, but I pretty quickly started streaming it and it made a really big difference, especially like having people with me like in the chat, just like talking and like not giving me spoilers or anything, but just like hanging out. I was like, oh, this just feels like playing a video game in the 90s with your friends and just like trying to figure stuff out, which is an experience that, you know, I hadn't had in a long time.
1: I think streaming helps a lot with those kinds of games. There's a there's a game called as uh, very obscure, a game called Lady Phantom for the PC engine. That is a it's a tactics game and it sucks in a lot of ways because like there are some units that are supposed to be strong but slow but they're basically just slow so you just kind of have to leave them at the back and forget that they exist uh because they can never catch up to where you're going and they and like the strength of your units just bounces around all the time and is dependent on various like invisible number factors and things and i was playing it and i was kind of lolling to myself but i was thinking this would be so much more fun in a stream if i had somebody to complain about this with
3: yeah you could be like um an upset electronic entertainment enthusiast no, i yeah. don't want to be that person i don't want to do it <laughs> that's the hey, that's he's the had a wonderful route. career yes <laughs> that guy
0: nice guy still, i'm sure. still doing it
1: no, i have, he's, I have yeah, a, he's, great. he's still going i have a friend who uh keeps asking me if i know him um oh wow they, They know that I do not like him, and uh, I've been
3: asked if I am him. Oh no! One of my dream interview subjects is James Rolfe, so I am obsessed with him. Um, I think he's is that what his name is? James Rolfe. Yeah. Okay. Just like in the Muppet Babies. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Like Ralph in the Muppet Babies. An
2: Equally competent pianist. His real name was also James. It's uh, (laughs) It's weird. I don't think it made it into a production episode, but it was in the 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 script. Lore for that
0: Muppets Wiki. How can video games express extreme speed
2: without sacrificing control? Sonnet. Blurry things, motion blur. Uh, I would lines say coming at you. I actually you have go.
1: thought about this a lot, and I'm thinking about it for a, a friend's game that I'm playing that's in pre-production right now. And uh, one thing is definitely stuff scrolling by you quickly, but you're not actually moving that fast. So, right, like, yeah, in the game, oh dear, that we made, your car isn't moving really at all. It's stuck there in the center of the screen but everything else is scaling toward it and the speed at which that happens makes you feel like you're going faster mm-hmm. or slower even if you're not actually moving at all
3: yeah like parallax scrolling right that's yeah how they did it in the 90s just like Gym i'm thinking power. of like all those run-in gun games where there's a level where you're like on a hover bike or something and uh the background is just like whooshing by you and your brain is so tricked because yeah like your, your guy is, is not moving. It's just bobbing up and down, maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, parallax scrolling is a really good one, too. Parallax rules. It's very cool. And all the tricks they use to do that on a lot of those older consoles are really wild. Um, mm-hmm. Rocket Knight Adventures does a lot of that kind of stuff on the Genesis. And it's like really impressive.
1: Yeah. I I find it really impressive when there, there are platforms like the TurboGrafx that, that don't have that capability in hardware. Mm-hmm. They can't scroll... Uh, multiple layers of background. And so they had to scroll different layers of one background at different speeds. And, Mm. uh, you know, obviously that's horizontal strips. In order to hide that those strips are an even height, they would do like, they would would put it against like a black background and then have black in the sprites with the clouds or whatever Mm. so that you wouldn't notice that that these are actually just sliced layers. And the more clever they got with that, the more impressed I was. Are there
0: any games that get that balance of speed and control wrong that come to mind
1: well the game that i'm playing right now that's in pre-production is definitely doing it so uh, but i'm not going to talk about that right now
3: <laughs> like that's the struggle with like all of the sonic games right yeah, throughout yeah. history yeah, yeah, yeah. is like and the thing is people talk about how fast the early sonic games were and like i think a lot of people don't realize sonic one is like fast in comparison to other platformers at the time but it's not like for the most part, there's, you know, there's precision platforming and there's like a lot of slower parts.
0: Yeah, there's like block pushing.
3: There's block pushing. There's like, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and then the later 3D games tried to do basically like an endless runner style thing Yeah, mm-hmm. where like you'd have like three lanes you'd be running in or or you just have like a land that you would just be moving forward
2: and you would just be dodging stuff those parts felt okay to me what didn't feel okay to me is like when you had free analog control in a game like oh uh, yeah like sonic 06 where you're just running off of platforms all the time because you just point sonic in a direction and he runs off the platform
1: i feel like the problem in those uh running sections is that you like if you ever mess up it feels bad um, right. Yeah. And you want to do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And in the original Sonics, and I think this is why Sonic Mania was successful again, it wasn't about always going fast. And usually if you like, if you dropped off of something, uh, like you were on a loop de loop and you, you fell down, you would find, oh, there's some other stuff down here. And there would be some like reward for your not exactly hmm. failure, but any movement felt like exploration, unless you were at the very, There's very bottom. There is levels. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You didn't really get like lost, or I mean, there were endless pits, I guess, but they were very well telegraphed for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, so I, I think Sonic is a good answer for doing it. The sense of speed is there, but the sense of controlling yourself uh, within that speed is not really. I don't know. It's not ideal. Sonic's yeah. the answer.
2: For, yeah for all sub-side. for all uh versions uh, of this
0: question. Yeah, for yeah. both good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why speed uh, part of why speedrunning and like watching speedruns are so popular because you want to get that feeling of speed and that's the idealized crystallized version of it. Where yeah. if somebody could do this then you can do it too.
1: Oh, I have another answer which is the um Sega arcade game Faster Than Speed. <laughs> Um, oh, that's too fast. I, actually i don't know if sega actually made it but it was it was on the atomist wave and now you can play it on your dreamcast but yeah faster than speed that's not possible no come on let's get real
0: like, i'm <laughs> not even sure atomist wave here's our fifth question leaving aside for the moment lester the unlikely what is the unlikeliest video game to ever exist
3: never nobody puts lester in the corner never <laughs> never leave aside never leave aside lester the unlikely <laughs> um there is a Sega Saturn game where the protagonist is a pencil with arms and legs. Wild
1: Woody. Wild, Wild Woody. Woody. That's on the Sega CD.
3: Yeah. Sega CD. Yeah. Sorry. I got that confused with some other insane Sega Saturn game.
0: I, I don't feel like that game's that crazy because it's clearly a case of somebody looking around their desk and they see a pencil. <laughs> yeah, so then yeah. they just write the game about a pencil. Well, okay, it, I don't that know.
2: that that one seems, seems like such an odd choice. I, I actually just played Wild, uh, <laughs> Wild Woody like two weeks ago. Um we were, you know, channel surfing on the Sega sure, yeah, flashcard yeah. is what we were doing. It's clear playing it that someone's like, We gotta make one of them earthworm gyms, you know? And and yeah. like it's got the same thing where like it just kills the background layer when you die oh, and it does an God. elaborate animation and everything. And and yeah. I get that, right? Like make another earthworm gym slash Aladdin or whatever, but yeah. make it published by Sega. But like who thought that making the mascot a pencil was gonna do it? you know like right. the, the yeah, it, yeah and so, it's
1: like almost a sex joke right his attack is uh that he angrily erases you with his butt
2: yeah and it's really <laughs> weird yeah and, and it um, takes
1: so long like who wants an attack animation
2: that takes it's them? terrible like, but there's so many frames of animation too and it's like it reminds me of dizzy we'll get to dizzy later in my question folks stay tuned but it's like dizzy <laughs> and and like that it's tempting to think it's like programmer art you know that stuck around but no yeah. there's just gorgeous fluid animation for this stupid pencil that no one likes <laughs> like they put a lot of work into this pencil
1: i feel like No, so i actually are...
2: think it's a good answer the more we're talking yeah, about okay.
1: it's a good answer there are a lot of unlikely sequels like unfortunately i i can't think of an answer to this right now i was just discussing this with someone there's some game series that like they just keep going on like like made for tv movies that where the, the first one came out in the theater and then they made 10 more yeah. that went straight to, to video. Well, like, Time. Time. Yeah, like that. there 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 are, there, are video, there are so many Warlock movies. There are, like, yeah. seven Warlock mm-hmm. movies. Nobody's heard of those. So I feel like there are video game equivalents to that that I'm currently not able to call.
3: Mine. Okay. But, like, other things that are weird to have as like, protagonists. Like, Mr. Mosquito. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Like, oh, you know... Everyone loves mosquitoes. Everyone famously loves mosquitoes and wants to be a mosquito. So like, what if that was our protagonist? Mosquitoes are like the most hated animal in existence.
2: (laughs) I don't think that one's that weird, though, because I'm imagining the sort of concept probably started with, you know, I want the point of view of a small thing in a house right sure. and then it's just you kind of go from there and there's like what's the mechanic what well if you're a fly what are you doing eating poop you know like no we're right, gonna like attack right. people so that one makes sense to me if you're a bee
3: no they wouldn't come up with bee simulator for another 20 years i mean yeah.
0: talking about <laughs> unlikely sequels this podcast aside the fact that deadly premonition 2 exists is
3: pretty
2: wild nah it became a cult classic all right i, I don't think yeah that's that wild. the jersey devil okay
3: the jersey the devil, devil. There was a playstation 3d platformer yeah yeah they were like what if we made this cryptid crash bandicoot without yeah. The game? yeah but
1: i do think that at that time within the context of the era they were like let's
3: make mascot platformers yes um what can i use that's free that's and
1: recognizable glover. yeah.
3: yeah glover's a
2: weird one i'll give glover's- you glover
3: glove yeah. okay yeah glover is mickey mouse's severed hand like yeah, yeah. okay that's I, a good fan. one too I, yeah i remember seeing
0: ads for glover and then playing super smash brothers and uh (laughs) at the like why is glover the final boss of this
2: game oh wait wait i i have i just came up with an answer uh huh. um, yeah that doesn't it's never made any sense to me um it's a game for the sega genesis called normie's beach babe orama okay oh yeah it is based on a comic strip that is so obscure that i can't even recall the name of it it wasn't popular even at the time ea for some reason licensed this comic strip that no one has ever heard of and made a sega genesis platform game out of it and that comic strip made by uh keith robinson who the intellivision guy
3: oh my god oh, that no. might explain it well Art, i think that I'm yes game. I, oh, I, totally saw, awesome. I saw
2: him at Comic-Con once. It was like Indie Island at Comic-Con. Well, and I was like, wait, you're the Intellivision guy. What are you doing here? And he had this stupid comic strip. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Normie's Beach Babe-O-Rama. That's
0: pretty close. That brings me to the game that caused me to bring this up. This week, I discovered that there was a Game Boy Color game made in 2000, mm. um, a sequel to Frontline. Uh, but featuring sergeant rock the like 60s robert conager war comic hero right who was not been relevant <laughs> for decades like
2: right no. like you know there's not a sergeant rock comic going on in 2000 no, no. <laughs> sergeant rock's not anywhere
3: like why does that i i don't get it this isn't quite as as bizarre but the only gumby video game that has ever been released, as far mm-hmm. as I know, came out in 2005 for the Game Boy Advance.
0: Wow. Who
3: cared about, and I've played through the whole thing. Who played? Who cared about Gumby in 2005? <laughs> hey, there's
0: some hardcore Gumby fans out there.
3: I love that kind of stuff. I almost kind of uh, feel
1: this wistfulness for that era when they were like, okay, we're going to make Snoopy versus the Red
3: Baron. Mm-hmm. In, on uh, the ps2 on the ps2 3D yeah all 3d <laughs> is is still not quite that expensive and we can just license out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. time to make that heathcliff game i've been oh, I've been looking for you know like, oh my god gumby versus the astrobots uh
2: yeah looks pretty cool <laughs>
3: i've it's it's not the worst platformer i've ever played on the game Boy advance so i mean so, the,
2: like visually you know they do the donkey kong country thing they do. right where they right a pre-render and the capture it, but because of that, they look like clay models. Yeah, it actually it, kind of works.
3: Metal. It's sort of like a clay fighter thing going on.
1: I bet a lot of the reason that some of these things happen is how like Mike Micah's early career went where he and his buddies would make some platformy thing and shop it around. And ah, then some yeah. company would be like, well, we got we got uh, we got this Disney princess we have <laughs> or like right. we have
2: we have Snow White. or or, oh wait snow white is it this i got a name with the art cloaky estate here we got (laughs) got gumby (laughs) all right we'll be right back after a quick break i've watched every gumby in recent years wow really in recent years why yes Worth it. Okay, it's an interesting progression. So that's your recommendation for this that's, week. That's yeah, I guess so. You know what? Just patch this in at the end. My recommendation, <laughs> everyone: watch every Gumby in order, starting from the '50s ones, and then cap it off with the movie. You could spend your time worse.
0: Welcome back to the Insert Credit Show. Now is the time where we head on into the Dirt Bag. Where we answer one of the many questions submitted by you, our listening public, uh, to a form which can be found on patreon.com slash insert credit. You can access that form by subscribing to our Patreon at any level, which also gives you access to episodes one day early and exclusive bonus content one day early. Uh, This week's question comes from Derek, who asks, what do you predict will be the cause of the next big video game renaissance?
2: what renaissance i, renaissance. What, I don't know that something wrong with it now
3: <laughs> i think we're in a period of kind of like unprecedented uh culture penetration by games yeah. uh the pandemic you know i think video games are one of the few industries that the pandemic kind of helped in certain ways obviously it's made production a lot harder mm-hmm. but like the amount of people i know who like don't normally play games who like got into animal crossing or among us or fortnite or like any of these things it's wild i think that's you know like mobile games and and social games have kind of already done that
2: yeah i can't think of what a renaissance would be other than i don't know like pretending that the Wii was a renaissance i
1: wonder if (laughs) they mean like a new zeitgeist like how we we were dipping into tactics games became a thing or everyone wanted to make a souls like i guess they still do that's the only way i can think of this question as answerable because yeah i don't don't know that we're going to have a renaissance like the Wii was kind of a renaissance
0: in a way well sure it was codenamed the revolution that's right Mm -hmm.
1: i don't think we're going to have another thing like that anytime soon i mean people people thought that it might be vr or ar and it's 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 definitely not. not let's uh let's not kid ourselves it's not the future it is one of the futures that will continue to exist for a while, probably, but it's definitely not like we're not going to have our paradigm changed by VR. It's not going to yeah. become the ubiquitous thing that um we're Oculus not
0: living on would. the carousel of progress from Tomorrowland.
2: OK, I'm going to say something nice about Tommy Tallarico. OK, first brace yourselves. Yeah, I think that uh the idea that family television interactive entertainment is unserved right now is true. I agree. So that's the only thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah, is that, uh, is that someone might break that barrier and make games a, a living yeah. room family activity,
3: like Jackbox, and people have kind of tried to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I agree. I don't know that the answer is making a two hundred dollar box that plays phone games from two thousand five, but um, <laughs> or not making that ever actually. Yeah, more we'll, we'll see which way it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is something there.
1: I do think that Jackbox has an w- at least one easy way to make those games a little more family friendly, which is to have them stop insulting you constantly. Because every time I've played with like a parent or anyone that's like 10 to 15 years older than me, they're like, can we turn off the voices? And I'm like, no, they can't. <laughs> They're the prompts that tell you what you're supposed to do and when. and But they, it's just like so annoying. The, and it's annoying to me, also. I, I don't know if there's anyone to whom that is not annoying.
0: I think they probably tried to veer away from that, but they've it's established itself as such a part of
3: the brand. Yeah. I mean, way back with You Don't Know Jack, right? Right. Yeah. But does anyone care that that's of the brand outside <laughs> of the announcer? I don't know. I mean, I think some people... Probably the same people who really love like Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, think yeah, it's like really eight, funny. I think eight-year-olds would think it's hilarious, right? Because um, they they might
1: make like a doo doo joke sometimes.
2: Hey, idiot! That answer was spoopy.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> like
1: that? Yeah, I don't know. Video game Renaissance. Who, who are who the was Da Vinci? Was he who's <laughs> in the Renaissance?
3: Uh, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Leonardo. Raphael. Leonardo.
1: Oh yeah. No, cool Donatello was earlier. Party, dude. So uh, we need a splinter
2: group from this. Hey! Wow. Oh, a new splinter cell. Yeah, it's been a Oh, while. New, new splinter okay. cell. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's what. That's, that's it. what it is. Maybe that new Ninja Turtles game they're making.
1: What's funny to me about Ninja Turtles? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to to get back on topic, <laughs> is um is that it? There have been so many Ninja Turtles reboots and things, mm-hmm. but every time we're like, okay, we're gonna do a Ninja Turtles reboot. There's a whole new group of people that are like, oh, I remember that. And and what they remember is like the one from the eighties. Yeah. And and they but they don't notice that all these other reboots have happened. And so like every time they reboot it, it kind of works because people are like, Oh yeah,
3: (laughs) that thing I haven't thought about in years. And people don't realize there have been Michael Bay movies and like six different like cartoons and like all this shit. And,
2: and all of them have been successful, too. It's yeah. yeah, there's yeah.
3: never been like a flop. And they were all a comic that was like a parody of Batman where four teenage turtles right. beat the shit out of an old Japanese man and throw him off a roof. Right. Well, yeah. More
0: accurately, is a parody of Daredevil. But uh, yeah.
1: And every like two years, there's. A game that's like we're gonna go back to the roots the konami arcade game uh-huh. mm-hmm. and people are like oh good i'm glad they're gonna ch- try that this time but li- like i'd say that's fully 50 percent of the teenage mutant ninja turtles that have come out games that have come out in the last 20 have years there been,
3: has been. have there been Teenage and two get em ups yes
2: yeah. Yes. Domain.
3: Oh, yeah. I know there oh, was this Ash. There was like a Smash game.
0: There's a rich history of TMNT beat em up. Okay. There was
3: even an
1: arcade beat em up a few wow. years ago. Yeah. They were really like, they keep doing it. And I guess it proves the point that, like, collectively, we do not remember. We, right. We're not, we're not yeah. capable of remembering. We have this cultural
3: happened. amnesia with regards yeah. to the Turtles Ninja. Brandon,
0: yes. you've been part of a mentorship program for independent game developers in Japan. Oh, that's right. What's been happening in the Japanese indie scene since Cave Story?
1: Oh, nothing. They just they just kind of stopped. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're they like, well, we've progressed as far as we need to. Yeah. They dusted off their hands and they're like, you know what? I think we did it. Um, you no, know, it's been it's been real interesting over there because in Japan you've got these multiple groups that you could call indie. There are people that make freeware that can never be paid for because uh, they work full time jobs where they're not allowed to make and sell anything and so they right. the way they get around it is by making freeware wow. um then there are the doujin game companies which are the the folks that are it's like usually a group of friends they like they call it a circle that make games based on other people's properties so they'll be like i like all these characters oh, OPPs. The, yeah yeah <laughs> you know right. me like toho and stuff right <clears throat> yes um so but toho Toho is a weird case, yeah. Yeah, Toho is is where it branched. So like, usually it's, I love, love all these characters from this visual novel, I'm going to put them in a fighting game. But Toho was an original doujin game. It was not based on any properties, but it uh, it was only based on their the original properties that they came up with, uh, Zune, the creator of that. But it came from the same kind of ethos, and it created a cottage industry of doujin right. games where... Other people could make games based on his property, um, but they had to like he had to approve them. And those games can be sold at like comic market and certain shops, but only on disc, and they never sell them digitally. And then there are regular indie game devs like we have here that are selling their games wherever. But there, those are smaller groups, and also most of these people do not talk. Well, not now, but they weren't talking to each other, and there wasn't this community feeling that we tend to have over here, where it's like, I'm an indie dev, and I talk to these other indie devs, and we go and meet up and do these things. And so you have an interesting case of a company like Opera House. They're a game developer that is formed of people that were from a company called um, Fill in Cafe that made the Asuka 120% series and um, Mad Stalker and other games like that. But they were in and out of Dojin stuff. And now they have reformed as a company and bought back the rights to their old games. And now they're re-releasing them. And then you have a company like Edelweiss, which was a Dojin company for many, many years. But now they're like, they released that Sakuna Rice and Ruin game, Mm -hmm. which sold like 500,000 copies um, in like a couple months. And that is like a proper, what we would consider in the West, an indie game that was you know all original. They released it and it did gangbusters. So you, you're starting to see these things bleed into other directions, and that's kind of why this uh, this initiative came about. It's it was started by a guy who used to run uh, Media Create, or he worked at Media Create, which is the company that like the NPD over here that that charts game sales and everything. And he teamed up with Marvelous and a game school, uh, Marvelous Entertainment, and a game school in Spain. To create this collective kind of deal where um, indie devs would get mentorship, and anyone like freeware, doujin, or traditional indie could apply, and uh, we would all talk on the same kind of level. And uh, so it's like the the first step in sort of institutionally doing something like that. We had we had shows like Bit Summit that would try to get some of that, but the doujin developers weren't really coming. So been going all over the place. I I really said too much stuff here if anyone else wants to, no it's great um, it was it
2: was a question for you
0: yeah Yeah, i guess it was Brandon. how did you become a part of this
1: oh um well i know the guy who started it and that helps he uh he asked me because i'm always doing like talks about indie game development in other countries and he has seen a few of them So, and also I speak Japanese well enough to not make it a problem. They wanted to have it be international. And so they got, they got some high-end Japanese indie devs and they got a few Western people and they got, uh, on my suggestion, they got Yasuhara, the map designer guy who I always talk about from the Sonic games, Mm -hmm. um, because he's like super good teacher of all this kind of stuff. So that's how I got involved. They asked me and I said, heck yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, well, let us know about any interesting stuff that comes out of that program. I will. Great. All right, Frank, the time has come. You have a topic for us.
2: Yeah, uh, and I might ask this question and we literally don't have an answer because I don't have an answer. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But maybe I'll do. So Sonic Media, great game, yes. right? Sure, we talk um, about it a lot. Dizzy the Egg, not so great. Um, but something that, that they have in common is that um, recently an official... Dizzy game came out that was developed primarily by fans, but is official. Uh and and was actually designed by the Oliver twins on paper, probably. Um well maybe not literally paper, I mean, but you know what I mean. Um yeah. and it's a game that's like kind of it's like the best Dizzy now. Like it 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 it's uh It's a high bar. It's a high bar, I know. <laughs> yeah. But it just got me thinking about the question, I guess, is are there other examples of video games where, like comic books, it's like the next generation of, of like fans took over and did it right? Miss Pac Man. That's not doesn't count. That's not. I mean, maybe <laughs> like that's not really like people who grew up with Pac Man. It's like Pac Man's in the arcade. How do we hack it? Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about you fans like, yeah. that understand deeply what made mm-hmm. the game appealing. Right. Who are like now with doing
3: comics it. or like with. With cartoons or, yeah, or things I do have, like that. I do have an, idea,
1: an answer here, which is uh, Metroid Prime. I think the, mm, the ret- yeah. Retro Studios okay, yeah. were fans. And I think that's that's Retro Studios' basically whole thing now. Of course, they're a professional game developer, so it's a little weird. Right. But still,
2: it's... Well, I think it counts. I mean, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah no, it's like people... It's just like animators who grew up on Looney Tunes or SpongeBob or whatever then get into the industry and, you know are influenced by those kinds of things or, or get the chance to like take on those properties. And I think there are bad examples of it too. Like sure, um, yeah, I think that Silent Hill
1: has been pretty much all the Silent Hill games since like Silent Hill origins or whatever kinds of those things have been made by fans of it. I think shattered Silent Hill shattered memories was made internally at Konami with some, some Silent Hill staff. But other than that, it's all been like Western studios who were fans of Silent Hill. They got the chance to do it and they made a bad Silent Hill.
3: Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's funny like to see like what some people seem to think the core idea of, of something is. And it can be right. so different from someone else's. Like, um, Because I feel like this, you know, speaking of Metroid, when the Metroidvania boom really started in earnest... Uh, like in like the latter half of the last decade, like the indie Metroidvania boom. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was like, okay, well, clearly a lot of people think, like we have different ideas about what makes those games good. Like, yeah. oh, you just kind of want a maze that you walk around in and that atmospheric aspect of it was never there for me for a lot of them. Uh, So yeah, sometimes when people take over a project and are like, we're remaking the Toxic Avenger and what's great about him is that he... Fucking has a broom or something. He's gross. Um, (laughs) He loves to clean. He loves to clean. That's his whole thing. And it's like, well, to you maybe, but like, speaking
1: of Toxic Avenger, I tried to watch that movie again. Oh no! Don't do that. uh, No, no. don't. Toxic is the right word.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) That is uh, Toxic Avenger. I thought that was Jeremy Renner. It's definitely
1: one of the more. Uh, homophobic and racist movies that I have watched part of in the last 20 something years.
3: (laughs) Well, they're remaking it. Well, good for them.
1: I hope that they consider maybe leaving some of that stuff. out.
0: Yeah. I will say toxic Avenger one is a lot better than the sequels. So I'm glad you didn't make it that far.
1: Yeah, no, I I didn't even make it through the first one, but I do have, I do have some box set of it that I didn't watch for a long time that the box. Avenger. It's. I guess it's not a box set. It's a special edition of the first movie. But I got it because it has episodes of the Toxic Crusaders TV mm-hmm. show, mm. and uh, that's also bad. <laughs> but not. <for> the <laughs> I same remember reasons. that show. That I watched it a lot.
3: Yeah, that's one of those really strange instances. Not to get too far off topic, but where um some some animation studio was like, "Hey, there's this really violent, horrific yeah. sci-fi movie. What if we made that into a kids show?" Because like they also tried to make like aliens into like a kids show. Oh yeah. And uh they made action figures and a and a trailer for the cartoon, but then Fox was like, "Oh shit. We, we can't make a show for teens about, you know about rapist aliens." Like <laughs> There was a RoboCop cartoon. You know,
1: th- this stuff really I've been thinking about this recently and I I started to sort of understand how Republicans got to that video game panic with Mortal Kombat and stuff back in the day because I watch a movie like The Terminator and there's a lot of people getting shot and their hands crushed and you know like all kinds of stuff going on and it's like a pretty horrific movie in many ways and then it's like cool now let's make this Genesis game expressly for children um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who who all have definitely seen this movie, you know, and I I could see where they were like this result shows too much bad stuff about (laughs) our society. I don't like it. So we're going to stop at at this point.
3: There's a total recall NES game Mm -hmm. where you like fight your fucking wife or you shoot your wife, just like in the movie where you shoot Sharon Stone. You know how long it took them to make that game?
0: How
1: long? A week. Two weeks. (laughs) There we go.
0: Two, Two weeks? Oh, God. True. Oh my God, so big. yeah, wait, so did we have an answer? What was the question? <laughs> yeah, um <laughs> games, I think our answer was Metroid Prime.
3: Oh, it' was Metroid right. Prime, Yes, that's yeah. right,
0: okay. What is the Alvin and the chipmunks of video games?
3: Oh't know, well, what is with i know literally what they are like of course i i know like literally who they are but like what did they represent <laughs> wait no no i know i know exactly what this is
1: it's tool assisted speed runs um oh. because <laughs> you 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 play them at a slower speed oh i where we you're going okay. yeah oh, okay and then and then uh and you you take all the parts you want and then you you play it at a at a faster speed later <laughs> So I think it's, <laughs> I, think, it's this, I think it might be, told. but let's, let's look at it from some other angles as well.
2: Well, first I need to share um, a part of my life that's been kept private until now. Let's do it. That, that, uh, am I ready for you'll this? appreciate? Uh, I think so. Um, okay. my wife, Amanda, for some reason came up with the name of a, of a new movie in the current, uh, Alvin and the chipmunks franchise, which I quite enjoy, which is Alvin and the chipmunks chip faced. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's when they take their uh, conqueror's bed for a day. Oh
1: yeah, I mean God. they had coprophilia in the last one, right? Like they they eat each other's poop in that. Sorry. What? So if
2: if you watch the, so they're about to get chip face. That's what I'm saying.
1: It, <laughs> yeah. it, it might it might literally just be, it Sorry. might just be in the trailer, like and and it doesn't <laughs> actually happen. But there there's a whole sequence where what's the what's the the human's name? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. John. John from Garfield. Um, yeah right it's john arbuckle so john arbuckle says to them oh dave okay yeah he says did you guys do that and there's a bunch of little like oval shaped brown things and they're like no those are those are raisins and he's like oh yeah if those are raisins why don't you eat one and <sighs> then and then <laughs> one of them puts it in his mouth but won't swallow it And he's like looking back and forth so uh it's at the very least it's a joke about that. I'm, i have murdering the movie me, to Brandon. Confirm
0: whether Why that... would you do this to me? I thought you liked me.
3: I mean I have to share this pain with someone. Okay. People. I did uh, just learn Alvin and the Chipmunks Raisin. Okay. Oh yeah. my god, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. You're yeah, not wrong. Not... You weren't making that up. No, Okay, but wasn't. but
2: but what is Alvin and the Chipmunks, right? So it, it started off as you know records are like the thing that everyone has and it, it's just this novelty thing like oh haha ha, we sped up voices and now they sound right. like chipmunks and that's like the whole thing and that yeah, really yeah. caught on and i guess it had a revival like 30 years later as a cartoon or whatever so what's mm-hmm. what's the and and then a revival 30 years after that as movies i don't know sure. yeah so um, it's
1: almost like a yeah. train leaves the station for music sort of thing where it's like we have this this is the novelty of this yeah. medium that we can do right now
2: right uh, And then it comes back for some reason. Right. So VR, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if motion
1: controls,
2: I mean, Pac-Man's kind of similar, I guess it's like, look, we can move sprites around was kind of the first Pac-Man and then they just kind of keep it around for some reason.
1: Yeah. But Pac-Man, I mean, it, it had, it had another thing, which was like the maze aspect. And so I don't think that came just from an, from one idea.
2: Uh, well, it's, it's hard to do the video game equivalent of look we can make them go fast <laughs> and that's <laughs> the whole thing uh blast processing
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i was thinking like kind of a base comedy like oh look at the cheap laughs we can get out of manipulating the minions not
3: the minions the rabbits Oh, yeah. the yeah. oh, the rabbits! Oh, the rabbits! parody stuff. They dress up as things. They don't. Yeah, sing, but that's a parody, they... and that's not what the chipmunks mm. are. It's the chipmunks, the chipmunks kind of don't, don't like, change kind of lyrics or anything.
0: It's just the regular song, but pitched. Yeah, up. that's but that's true. what parody was back in those
1: days. It
3: was yeah.
0: just. <laughs> it was just they like refined
3: playing the concept, a record yeah. on the wrong speed was like the height of comedy. Know, Alan yeah. Sherman was around then. I don't know who that is. I
1: don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> who's Alan Sherman.
3: He invented the sherman tank
1: yeah oh yeah he uh, yeah. saved world war
3: ii he was yeah. hello mudda hello fada oh, oh yeah. that
0: classic bit
3: yeah he yeah. sang a song about <laughs> going to camp see yeah, you're not exactly. making a great case for comedy
0: yeah but no i'm not <laughs> the saying comedy's it was terrible. great but it was more than pitching a thing up he made up lyrics to a song
1: that's true he's no weird al yankovic though no
2: that. but um, weird al uh the the polka things that only sped things up and made them polka so he's that's
1: true i know but
2: there's a rearrangement involved
0: there. there's
1: rearrangement and also uh, it's a it's a skill test because he he was actually playing the accordion at that speed
2: Mm -hmm. the only other thing comes up to mind for the chipmunks is the 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 very brief movement of slowing those back down and what they call it like sludge punk or something
0: oh yeah god oh yeah that's kind of it i guess I don't know
1: bullet time in video games is that something am i going in the right direction with that maybe
0: it's like
2: playing a
0: final fantasy on an emulator and speeding through the uh no. random
2: battles i think it's got to be something where it's like why is this back yeah uh toki tori toki tori wow yeah mm. why tori is that
3: back? Maybe <laughs>
1: it's back because of french people
2: uh what about uh or just toki is toki keep coming oh, well,
1: back actually I, that's what i thought we were talking about oh, okay. toki's back because of french people what's us tori
2: was that game boy color gross looking puzzle game that came back for some reason it's with that bird yeah okay
0: i think brandon's answer of tool assisted speed runs best. sorry
3: wait do yeah. you know when <laughs> yes do you know when toki tori the first one came out no uh, no well i'll give you a hint it came out in the year 2001 okay. did it come out of 9 11. It came out on nine twelve. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh goodness! Which is
0: wow. Like I this love will it.
3: heal America, Toki Tori. I love it.
0: Jeez. All right, it's time to go on to our lightning round. Uh, for this lightning round, we've been contracted by a big money Catholic media group to design a series of seven mini games, each of which must teach the player to practice one of the heavenly virtues as defined by Pope Gregory the First.
1: You're going to tell us what they are, right? Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs>
0: you're going to go through them in order or in reverse order, and you're going to try to design that mini game together, and whoever does the best wins. Here we go. Our first virtue is
2: humility.
1: Okay, it's
2: a mini game, uh, right? Yeah, mini-game. that was the prompt. Okay,
1: are, are we in the universe of an overall like Catholic video game where things ha- other things happen? We're like in some world, and then we have these mini games to do. Or are these like they'll come in your cereal
0: box? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm thinking more of the latter.
3: Okay. Oh, because I was picturing like a Catholic WarioWare. Yes, that's exactly um, what oh, I'm going oh, for. where, like, Wario where Wario. you have to use the Wii Remote and sort of like do like the "We're Not Worthy" thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, from Wayne's World, but to a statue of, like, Jesus Christ or something.
1: Isn't that worshipping false? I mean, they don't care about that. Uh,
3: yeah. We're, um, the other thing is, they love we, false idols. Yeah, they do. The other they thing is, we run. can't
0: have any Jesus iconography in these games. It's uh, oh, <laughs> they're going they, too hard because
3: we're releasing it in the yeah. early '90s. Yeah, they on, have to be yeah, secret yeah. Christian and, games. Uh, and Nintendo is is doesn't like religious iconography. Yeah, right. and,
1: and it's it's like the it's like those metal bands in the late '80s that were all about Jesus, and they were hoping that that would get the kids into
3: into God if they made some right. metal bands. Yeah. So with that in mind, humility. Uh, is a confessional uh, exhibiting humility? I mean, just like Dark Souls, can it just be Dark Souls?
1: Oh yeah, it could be. It could oh, be something be where it's where it's really difficult. And oh, okay, so it's it's a game where the like the mini the mini game is, is incredibly difficult, but the way that you actually succeed is to put the controller down. And, oh, and like, and a, Metal to, wow, yes, like yeah. a Metal Gear boss. Wow, like a Metal Gear boss.
2: Kindness, tulip, but small.
1: Yeah, tiny children. But, and yeah. no kissing, though, because that's not allowed, except through like a layer of cellophane. Well, what if um, it's your family? You can't kiss them either. That, you can kiss just, your family. In Catholicism? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, that's true. You're supposed to I feel think, guilty
0: about it.
3: Well, wait, before I answer, is charity a separate one from kindness? It is. Oh, okay, well then. Uh, Save that one. So I think in, in kindness,
1: it's something like there are a bunch of, um, undesirable type of people in, 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 um, in the traditional Christian sense. So like homeless people, yeah. Uh, people, people that, that Christians don't like, sorry, Christians. Um, and, uh, and you have to just, you have to, you have like a limited amount of things in your inventory. And, uh, and you 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 quote unquote win by getting to the end with all of these items, but you truly win if you give them all. Away.
0: All right, Christian Nut, um. uh, if you're
2: listening, we're sorry. Uh, uh, wait, I, I got one, yeah. a different one. It's uh, it's eco and Frogger at the same time. You yep. help you help people cross the street. Oh, I like that. Uh, <laughs> patience, patience. Wow, uh, it's another Metal Gear boss. <laughs> it's, oh, so it's nice. something. Uh, well, it's like there's there's that bit in Earthbound. Where to open a door? You have to oh, do nothing yeah. for like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> probably something like that. Can we develop yeah. that a little bit more? Yeah, maybe no. a little
1: bit more.
0: Uh, no.
2: Okay, uh, it's, it's eco and Frogger, but uh, the person's really slow. Or also okay. just like like a desert bus kind of thing, right? Of just oh yeah, like, that's good.
3: Yeah, like Because doing nothing is is kind of easy, I think. But if you have to do something that is like tedious, tedious, then that is really. Patience, yeah, and, you, right? and you're driving a bunch of nuns
1: to get to uh, convert a bunch of a bunch <laughs> of heathens into your religion.
0: Uh, well,
2: you're... this next one's related to that. Uh, diligence. Um, you got to give everyone like the cracker and the juice. Uh, you have you know, to administer the, the...
1: the sacraments to everyone. Yeah, you
2: have to administer the sacraments to absolutely everyone.
1: I think yeah. So you you're administering the sacrament, and if you don't hit the button. Uh, twice every second, then you lose. Like you have to keep doing it for ten.
0: Oh, I like that.
3: I... If you drop it once, you lose. <laughs> if we're getting away from like, <laughs> like just straight up Catholic iconography. Yes. I don't know something of like hidden object games. I feel like are really good at this, right? Of just like making you, yeah, you really. Gotta find all the things. Yeah, just being like like paying a lot mm. of attention to, to like a scene and to mm. really taking what you're doing uh that's good. carefully, you know.
1: Yeah, that's good. I forgot we're not supposed to use the uh, yeah, the the
3: iconography, iconography. so
1: we wouldn't be but doing the
3: charity. Giving all your stuff away. Just like a minigame where like you've beaten the the boss or whatever of like the world and you don't need your gold and your like magic stuff anymore and so you're just like running through the town like giving it to children. That would actually and be
0: like a pretty cool thing to do in a game.
3: Yeah, like, that you know, sounds pretty you, fun. I, I feel like, like it, there definitely has been something like that, but where you do that,
0: like uh, victory lap around the world after you beat the boss, the games do, but like you could give away all your stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. Neat. yeah,
1: that would rule. Temperance. Play that. I don't really know what temp I never knew what temperance meant. And it's I still like
0: don't. it's like abstaining
3: from, uh, like not moderation, right? Yeah, it's like moderation. Uh, it, so it's, it's like, like not not being a pig. It's, it's not becoming like intoxicated by things, by yeah. substances or desires or things like that. How do you convey
2: that in a game? Because, I mean, it's got to be what, like there's power ups and, and goodies everywhere, but and you right. don't shouldn't them. collect them, right? So it's um, it's like a British platform game where there's like extreme <laughs> arpeggio and there's like uh-huh. floating things everywhere to collect. Um, but, uh, and you're probably a bear or something. And,. The actual idea is to get to the end of the level by collecting as few of the uh, things as possible.
1: I think Um, that also it would be, I I feel like this would be one of those games where they would also put in like a drug allegory. And so like you would, you would collect these, these power-ups and they would make the screen all wobbly and make uh, the controls weird. But secretly kids would actually think that, that was the most fun thing to do and they'd try to like stack all the weird effects <laughs> yeah, together.
3: Just like in Yoshi's Island. Right. Just like Touch Yoshi's fussy get dizzy. Yeah. Speaking of dizzy. Yeah, I yep. think Yoshi's
0: Island is the best dizzy game. Uh our last uh topic is chastity,
3: the best one. Wow. Chastity. Just like a <laughs> like just one of those like games you see on Steam that's just like everyone in this game is like mad horny for you. And can you solve the puzzles <laughs> to do it? <laughs> um, but you have to resist.
2: But all you of have them. to,
3: yeah. You have to. You will fail if you you solve the puzzle or whatever. I don't know.
2: So just, you really have to like try to turn people off. I guess right.
3: No, I think it's like everybody's there's just heart. like
2: horny milfs in your area, <laughs> and
3: there's horny milfs in your area. But everyone <clears throat> has been. It's like the opposite of Galgon in that you just have to like I don't know, like reject people without shooting them with like a magic gun or something. Escape I don't from know. the
0: horny milf area.
3: This this one is <laughs>
0: is
1: telling me that they uh, that Catholics are really into like edging or whatever. So probably, <laughs> um, what happens is there's all the people that are horny for you, and they'll all be like, "Oh, please, you should come into my bed. I'm a sexy person." And then and then you say no at that point, but you have to do everything up to that point. Oh um, wow! And and the idea is like you can you can romance everybody, but then you have to stop. Uh, because that's, yeah, okay, well,
0: that's the buzzer. All right, that's the buzzer. I think uh, Merit is our winner this week. Congratulations, Merit, oh, you really cool. killed it. Nice. Uh, Thank you. I will uh, give you some homework off the air at some point oh, between cool. this and our what next good show. Oh, <laughs> a <laughs> Everyone prize. loves it. Uh, this is the point of the show where we plug things that we're involved if, if we are so inclined, or recommend media or actions for our listeners to take between now and the next episode to fill those long and empty hours
3: so i work at a website called fanbite it's a video game website that also covers stuff that isn't video games sometimes but um we do all kinds of stuff you know we've got features we've got news we've got guides um but we also do a lot of podcasts too uh and i'm actually the manager of the podcast czar i guess uh over there and um if you go to podcastnet.work or fanbite.com slash podcasts, you can check out all of our shows. Um, we've got we've got one that is just literally just about video games. We've we've set a rule for ourselves that we just can't bullshit constantly on it. So like we just literally do talk about real current games, but we also all have right one games. that's about movies called You okay. Like to See It. Uh, we have a basketball show called Corner Three. Um it's so a lot of fun stuff. Oh, the RPG podcast that I mentioned before, 99 Potions. Ooh. So uh, yeah, check those out. And um, yeah, we stream as well. We uh, are Fanbite on Twitch, and I'm currently making my way through Dark Souls 3 on Mondays and Fridays at 7.30 Eastern. So that's been very fun. Each game, I had a different character that sort of took on a life of their own, and um yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun ride. So, And we're still pretty early to the beginning of Dark Souls 3. And also, we have VODs of all of them up. So if you like want to catch up or something, you can totally do that before you hop in. All right. Sounds like a blast. Get me on that movie one. I watch like five movies
1: a week. So uh, put me on the movie one. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. I want to talk about video. I mean, movies, not video games. <laughs> um, I have a few this week. I'm going to try to not take too long. I got a couple albums here. One is uh, Clasiquai Pinch Your Soul. Remix album. Um, Klasikai is the Korean band that did a lot of the music that you hear in DJ Max. And I bought this on a whim because it was ninety-five cents at a store and unusual to see here in America. And uh, it really just reminded me of the year two thousand five in a fun way. And so I highly recommend checking it out. It's it's like like if a Fantastic Plastic Machine just went with the down-tempo jazzy vibes direction and and saw where that would lead them. Um, I would recommend checking out the songs Come Alive and Speechless as a good example. Also recommending Yukiko Tanaka's album Reflection. The first like three seconds of that album are super awesome, but there's there's a lot of chooms and synth tones in there that you will enjoy. Um, movie-wise, I watched the movie Nobody, which is that Bob Odenkirk, John Wick movie, and it's a surprisingly good thing. It shocks me that someone who wrote the movie John Wick could then write another John Wick movie not about or starring John Wick, which has almost the exact same premise and works equally as well. And all they really did was give the guy a different personality, uh, make him a different kind of sociopath. And uh, so it's pretty good, pretty good one. And all the Russians actually speak Russian in this movie. Impressive. Now I've got uh, Enter the Fat Dragon. That is a movie starring... Um, Donnie Yen as a guy in a fat suit. Um, It is not as fat phobic as you might think. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, It's a martial arts comedy movie, the likes of which Jackie Chan used to make in, let's say the early 2000s. It's at that level of humor and action. Um, So way better than anything he's done in the last 20 years, but not as good as what he did in the 90s. That movie is fun and notable for building a huge... Uh, quote unquote, Japan set, because he has to go to Japan. And they, it's it's very clearly a set and they destroy it. And it's really fun to look at and think about that idea of Japan. There's also a a dog that attacks somebody that is very clearly a puppet that is controlled with a bunch of um, sticks and stuff. Now, lastly, mm-hmm. I want to say, I want to address that we we sort of uncritically recommended Bahubali a while ago on this show. Yeah. And I finally watched it as a result of that recommendation. And uh, that has a lot of misogyny and colorism in it. And I feel like anyone who takes us up on that recommendation should be aware of that. There is a sequence in which uh, a woman does not find herself attractive. And so uh, a man who has been secretly tattooing her while she can't see, he puts her under a waterfall and literally washes the brown off of her uh, Mm. and then puts makeup on her. And then she's like, I'm pretty now. Uh, i didn't
0: read that scene that way when i watched it but uh yeah i guess so
1: and all and the the enemy guys who speak with clicks are all covered in um in black body paint there's a lot of a uh, cast system nonsense in there and and colorism so just be careful of that when you watch it if you watch it.
2: the end uh i'm gonna go quick because we're over yeah. time uh I recommend that uh, if, if, if you like uh, older games and, and you want to play them, that you kind of stop waiting for the commercial industry to uh, provide them to you and uh, you just pirate the heck out of them. So go, <laughs> go do that. You have my permission.
0: And then watch every episode of Gumby followed by the movie. Watch That's every
2: <laughs> single Gumby short in chronological order. It's optional if you want to spin off into Davy and Goliath, uh, the first season. Is very Gumby. The rest is uh, a little more Jesusy. And then uh, watch Gumby the movie at the end of that, and it's a it's a spiritual experience that uh, you will forget. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this on Stitcher or Spotify or iTunes or any platform where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you can do that for us to keep the algorithms pushing us upwards and forwards. You can also go to Patreon.com/slash insert credit where you can become a patron to submit your own questions, get our regular episodes one day early, and even access to regular bonus episodes and other exclusive content. As of this recording, we're at 403 patrons and have scheduled our next special episode when we hit the, let's say, arbitrary number of 420. Uh, You can also join us on forums.insertcredit.com and follow us on Twitter for our own personal updates and projects. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Safaldi, Brandon is at Necrosofty, and Merit is at Merit K with two R's and two T's. This show is produced by Esper Quinn with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more,
3: I'm Alex Chaffee. I'm Frank Safaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. I am, as ever, Merit K. And your game has now been saved. Everything is always weird to some degree, I guess. So Yeah. Everything is always weird. I can verify that. What a great observation, Merit. Yeah. How how fascinating. Why are you Um, not on
0: the stand-up circuit? Have you ever noticed how everything's always weird? (laughs)